here. We are we are live. <sighs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the best boys, a film podcast hosted by your friends, the Pitt Brothers. I'm your host, Slob Thomas, or JP, as uh, friends call me. And I'm here with my brother. Biological brother from the same mother. Mother, same mother. <laughs> uh, Corey with a story. Corey Pitcavish. Um, <laughs> nice. There I am. He's here. He's here. <laughs> so, all right, Mr. Hollywood. Um... What are you, uh, you're in a, I see you're in a hotel room today, so, yeah. um, I take it that you're back in the city of Angles, the city of Angles. Yeah, it's a very angular city, um, <laughs> a lot of sharp corners, very dangerous, you gotta, you gotta be careful about it. Not, but, not a lot of spheres here. No, it's nothing but hard edges. But, um, yeah, back out for work, um, but the... A big news, though, actual big news, I am the proud owner of a red Komodo now, which is my first cinema camera ever, and I was super excited. It just came in yesterday, so I was excited to bring it on, give a peek of it real quick. But we we shot... uh, me and Riss will rewatch. watch uh, uh, she watched 8th Grade for the first time, I watched it again last night, and... Uh... It had a big shot on red logo at the end in the credits, and I we were talking about it. And I was like, oh, Corey just got a red, and da, da, da. Um, the uh, so that's the thing because all of the all of the video what he shows the camera in the mirror is a Panasonic S1H. No, not in, not inside in eighth grade. Oh, go yeah 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 eighth grade was shot on red yeah yeah. So could you shoot eighth grade? Like you just need the rent the lens, the right lens or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this can't—it's the Komodo, so it's not like their top end; it's their entry level. But the—it's uh, the same sensor quality as like the Helium or Gemini. Um, it's just in a very small, stripped-down body. This was designed to be like a crash cam for Red, but similar like how the Alexa Mini was originally supposed to be a drone camera. But the uh, people love the small form factor and being able to get like. You're getting the full red look and raw and all of that just in a package that's four inches by four inches by four inches. Um, so it's nice. So I get the rest of my kit comes tomorrow and then I'll have a full like, like uh, of a portable like running gun rig for my job. And then I'll have my like studio rig um, with everything, all the bells and whistles needed. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you could shoot, you could shoot anything with this and it, would, it matches with um the bigger reds perfectly um we did a couple live stream uh concerts for designer where our a cam was red helium and our b cam was a komodo and they look exactly the same you can't tell the difference um that is cool that is cool um what are you are you you're out there working on euphoria still yep cool cool um any 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 updates on any of those fronts uh, nothing that I can really talk about. We have, yeah. uh, or she's working on something like a big scene of the season, uh, soon, but I don't know anything about it other than just it's important. <laughs> I All right. find that stuff out on the day. All right. Well, that's exciting now that you're working. Getting more work's always good. Um, so 
let's so we decided at the end of last week i kind of forced us i said that we have to do inside and then you suggested if we're gonna do inside we should watch eighth grade um and then so this is just essentially gonna end up being um the bo burnham episode <laughs> <laughs> because I watched his other two specials on Netflix. I'm not going to go in deep with them, but I think it would be good. It was good. I'm glad I did for the context of all this other shit. Um, and reminded myself about his like YouTube shit when we were in high, when I was in high school and, um, and whatnot. So I don't want to do, we're not going to do a full career retrospective, but, um, I think it, it's interesting following all that. Um, but yeah, watched Inside um, a few weeks ago, and everyone was talking about it and was blown away. And then I liked I've seen Eighth Grade before and was very into it. So um, yeah, what an opportunity! Probably a good opportunity to, to get while well, the getting still good. Um, so what did you think about? What do you, we should do Eighth Grade first? I feel like since it's yeah, probably first. All right, let me. And don't forget to pull the stream up on your end if you haven't. All right. So eighth grade. I yeah, like I said, I watched this before. Um, I've already watched it like two and a half times. I would say. Excuse me. So, eighth grade, what'd you think about it? Uh, it was really good. It was, I definitely, I liked it more than Inside. It's my favorite. Really? Really? Uh, yeah, by, by I a mean, wide I, margin. I mean, it's a, it's a film, like it's an actual movie. I, yeah, but the other one could be treated as such, too. I think uh, so. Because well. it's not really a stand-up special. It's more of just like a, I feel like it's just him introspective of him just being stuck inside and that's what came out yeah of it. it's a it's a mixture of things and we'll talk about that um in a but, minute uh, but eighth grade was great oh man this is super good the um the i love that the the use of sound design not in like a like there's a bunch of things being used but like the when she's in her world walking around it's just so muted like you hear everything clear but it's just like muted um because it to be like when you're in your own head and you're just like kind of zoning out and just like i gotta make this walk like, like in the pool scene she's got to make this walk from the house in her bathing suit yeah to the pool. yeah yeah and there's it's a just lot, one long take there's a lot of uh i, I feel like accurate portrayals of uh social anxiety um yeah. and in various forms um yeah a lot of a lot of anxiety the uh main character is you know they're they're trying to overcome their anxiety and, and open up and branch out and you know, put themselves out there more, um, but it's a struggle um, and it's not without its pain. <laughs> and the yeah the the pool scene's one of the best probably in the movie um, of just the stakes and you just know what that and anyone who's like been afraid to like take wear a bathing suit in front of the people like you know be for ma males you know to have their shirt off or women with revealing any kind of bathing suit is um pretty revealing um there's going to be some self-consciousness uh and i know that i i was like that when i was a kid i would try to come up with reasons to not have to go into the pool at the pool party 
um, because I did not want to get in the pool. I did not want to be in a bathing suit in front of people. Just my bathing suit. I, I didn't didn't have a problem getting like getting into the pool, but like as soon as the shirt came off, as I had to be in the pool, and if I was out of the pool, it was a towel draped over me. Um, but like I, I once I was in the pool, I felt fine because it's like the water's covering up everything. I feel like, but uh, yeah, I did. I never like to just like walk around shirtless. Like I like like we in aquatics in high school and stuff. I always just felt like chubby. So um, a lot of the film is. Um interspersed with uh, her own YouTube videos and they're like, like advice and like self-help videos that she does. Um, and they are like under the guise of helping other people because she's got it, f- you know, figured out or these are things that she's learned and she sounds, you know, they're, it's really good advice. And, um, but it's very much like self affirmations. Like she's trying to talk herself it, into these things, you know, at the same time, like I'm making these videos for other people, but they're really for my, really to help my own self, um, you know, overcome these exact struggles. Yeah. And so the whole like looking strong for other people who might be like worse off than yourself. Uh, but she's really, like like- she's really struggling. And like, I, you know, that's why she does the videos. I think there's times that she's more confident than others. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it definitely feel like, yeah, like self-affirmation. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I was gonna say, she's like uh, it's it's like talking to herself but also like the creating the persona of like because she says like towards the end like she like likes giving advice and stuff so it's like the um, I guess in her mind it's not only talking to herself but she imagines there's a bunch of other people that are just like her or worse off um, and maybe feels like there's needed something that they need a voice or whatever to just kind of help them out give them that push along um but it was crazy to me it was like i being just uh older a little bit older than that like the generation for that because like I, I started watching youtube in like middle school um just like the like the scene went with the how to do a blowjob but immediately go to youtube to look it up and stuff rather than yeah like that. i don't i that is different thing. you're right that is different um it's, it's just uh, like so interesting that that's probably so many kids do that just youtube search how to for everything like, yeah yeah because youtube is their like main um it's their like they watch television and cartoons but i feel like a lot of kids like even um you know like uh, our friend's son um lee he uh watches youtube all the t- like al- almost more than cartoons um whether it's game video game content or it's whatever um and this is interesting. I'm glad that we get the perspective of a girl, um, because it's it's some it's there's elements of that that I didn't have to experience as much as I related to so much of what was going on, um, yeah. uh, with regards to the boy, the boy part, and the later, you know, the issue with the car later, and you know, I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go to that late in a minute. Um, but that's like the emotional climax of the film, um. But yeah, I thought the performance of the lead, Elsie Fisher, was fantastic. Um, mm. You know, chill, uh, chill, chill, child, excuse me, child performances can be very hit or miss, and I think that um, hers was fantastic. Um, 
Very good. I thought that she, I thought, because most of the actors I thought were like found for this, but I found, she mm. actually voices a character in Despicable Me, uh, one of the main kids in Despicable oh. Me from 2013. So she, you know, that was five years before this film was made. Um, mm. So, um, so she's been, you know, she's experienced and stuff, but yeah, her, it was great, great performance. Um, the dad I know from, the Noah Baumbach films. Um, I watched Kicking and Screaming, and he's the lead. I didn't even recognize him um, in that. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, that's the Will Ferrell soccer movie. Right? No, 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 no. That that's also called Kicking and Screaming, but that's Kicking and Screaming with an ampersand. Um, oh, gotcha. Noah Baumbach's like debut in the '90s is called Kicking and Screaming, um, and it's about a bunch of people graduating college. It's a little bit pretentious. Um, mm. It's very much like, uh, not to get too far into it, but it's very much like, it's very, uh, the 90s with a lot of dialogue, like you think of Tarantino and Kevin Smith or Wes Anderson and uh, on their 90s films, it's very much in the vein of those. Um, but yeah, it's on the list, so maybe we'll watch it someday. But this, the, I forget his name, I think it's Josh Hamilton or something like that. I have it here. Um... Something like that. Kylie knew who he was, but I, I yeah, Josh Hamilton. Yeah, the dad was really good too. Awesome, uh, awesome. I actually liked him so much better than the, uh, the movie I saw when he was young. Um, but yeah, he, excellent performances. Um, and then everyone else was pretty peripheral, so it was fine. the 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 boy, um, the weird little boy, was good. Um, but mm. yeah, uh, G- uh, Gabe. Yeah, Gabe. Oh, I loved his scene at the end. That was uh, this movie had a lot of what I would call smile cringe moments, where they're not cringy because it's like bad it's, necessarily, it's but it's just kind of like the kids yeah. being kids. And that was the and the um the what's it called the uh, the chicken nugget thing at the end was so like awesome and adorable. I, I just I kept rewinding that scene because I thought it was so cute. Um, the whole like you know I got my award for five bullseyes in a row it was stupid you know it's just stupid this is the whole playing it off like anything but you're but clearly it was set out there to, like, oh yeah yeah this. yeah that's funny me yeah, me and the uh, rest are talking about that um Ooh. yeah the whole ending scene is really funny it's just a lot of awkward adorable moments between kids you know and, and obviously you're gonna have negative awkward moments with the kids as well but there's so many so many cute things the mom and the or the the girl and the dad and yeah that bull that that goofy boy um when they started talking about rick and morty they're he works so excited and they're just you know going mm-hmm. in on rick and morty um but yeah it's, um it felt i don't know it was just like a nice like after especially after like the the car scene earlier it's just like a nice like finally moment of just like give this girl a win let her feel like like what she was like feeling on the up during like hang like with the the high school shadow thing um and like getting invited to go to the mall and stuff with them but then it was just like crashed right back down so it was a good just like wholesome age like for her age like uh kind of win it was very much a, a coming of age age tale um i was reading some comparisons um, to uh, John Waters films or not John Waters, not John Waters. Yeah, isn't that the guy who did uh, Breakfast Club? 
Um, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes. Yeah, John Waters is is uh, Pink Flamingos. Way different. Yeah, John, John Hughes. Because is... they're both from the 80s, so I always swap their names back and forth. But yeah, the, mm. compared to John Hughes films. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, like a modern version of that. Um, did he do 16 Candles as well? Yeah, he's got a few of those teen hitters. Yeah. Um, Bodak, no, John Waters is wild shit. Yeah, John Waters is wild <laughs> shit, and he's on the list. I just always swap their last names. Um, excellent. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It just, this feels way more realistic. Um, there's something about this that feels very real. The teachers don't, they're a little goofy, like the staff at yeah. the school, but as far as the, the kids, kids feel real. the kids feel so real. And the dad, um, I can I, just I relate to this so much. All the kids seem age appropriate casted, which is so rare. They are, they're supposed to be. Anymore. Yeah. And that's it, like, I think that's what makes it feel so real is you're looking at, you know, four, 13 and 14 year olds, but they look and act and sound like 14, 13 year olds instead of, you know, you got like 30 year old playing a high schooler. Um, which is just every fucking movie anymore. So I was, uh, I was re reading about the production development and apparently, um, he was using, he was where he worked on this because he was having those pan, he's having panic attacks from live performance, uh, which actually comes up and in, inside. And, um, so he worked on this movie, he wrote this movie and, and over the you know last, whatever, eight years. And then it came out, um, but then he like swapped it. Like he wanted to be with a girl, be about a girl, so he wasn't just drawing directly from his own personal experience, mm. um, and to like take a different take on it. Um, it's uh, as far as directing. How did you feel about that? The directing in this, uh, I thought it was good. He I wrote the, he uh, wrote all of it and directed it. Yeah, I definitely think uh, uh, he's definitely like has has come into the more like quote unquote auteur kind of feel where he like knows what he wants and knows how to get it from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, which is very, very hard and very few people can do it successfully because everybody wants to you know have full control, but it's very rare that someone you with know full enough control can you actually have... uh, execute. Yeah. But uh, no, it is great. I think in that, and also in realizing that he is only two years older than me, because uh, I always thought he was older when you'd see him on the Comedy Central specials when I was in like, you know, like uh, high school or whatever. Uh, I was just, you know, you always assume people are a lot older. But um, yeah, so for like being like late 20s when he directed this and wrote it, it was just like absolutely. It's like Donald Glover saying like, doing such awesome work at such a young age and it's just like and it's incredible it's very it's very inspirational yeah he is uh, uh a year younger than me um he's around Riss's. he's close he's around Riss's age i think um yeah he was born in uh 90. I actually, so I was going to wait to talk about his comedy for when we got to the special, but I was never, I've never been a fan of Bo Burnham's stuff. Um, I was introduced, Same. I was introduced to him through YouTube videos, um, dirty, you know, dirty songs on YouTube. Um, I remember he had one about fucking old, old ladies and he had one about, he like rapped in a bunch of them and they were very dirt, filthy songs. And they were, they were when you're edgy little, you know, 19 year old yeah. or excuse me 18 year old uh 17 year old it's funny 
Or it's like, oh, there's this clean cut white kid who's you know who's re- who really enunciates and is disgusting and is very f- sexually filthy and offensive. Um, and that was like cool at the time, but it hasn't aged well. And I and then once he started doing his other specials and he was doing like the meta thing, but with the in the music and I don't know. Uh, there was things like he says that I thought was good were good, but it was very cheesy and over the top and it was very hammy. It's very theater kid. Um, he mm. it screams theater kid to me. Um, even like even now, but it's like he's matured so much. Um, which is why I am now a fan because of this and inside. Um, and it, and then now it gives me a better lens to view his other stuff as, as you know, road to getting to this point. Um, because he's been bouncing around a lot of these ideas for a while. I've now realized once you watched his, after watching his previous specials. Um, but yeah, sorry, back to eighth grade before we get too far down that road. Um, that was excellent. Was Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say no. I agree. With you. I I never was into his stuff. I always just thought it was, and like I love corny and cheesy shit normally, but I just always thought it was just like a little corny or a little. It's just like not my kind of humor and my taste. Um, and the uh, but yeah, this definitely definitely having a one eighty. Um, especially with eighth grade. Um, the special is really good too, but the uh. Eighth grade was just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's him. You know what I mean? Based on like the, like the stuff I remember watching as a kid. Um, it's, it's hard to compare. Um, cause like I do agree that they should, that inside should be judged, can and should be judged as a film. Um, and it's cause it's experimental and, um, and in its form and, and structure and everything. Um, but, Eighth grade is just a good ass movie. The score is fantastic. Um, oh, I I have one gripe with this movie. Speaking of the score, uh-oh. I hate when movies do this. Every the the sound mix was great until a song came on and it was so fucking loud. I had to crank everything down. And then when the song finally is over, the dialogue is too quiet. It was the Christopher Nolan effect for me. I wasn't so like that on our TV. We didn't have to touch the volume at all. <laughs> I know what you're talking about because anytime they showed the Aiden character, the boy, there was this cool jock boy that she had a crush on, and anytime yeah. she looked at him, the, there was this like heavy, heavy industrial techno music, like electronic, and it's yeah, so yeah. intense. Uh, I laughed every time they did that. Um but I, yeah, I didn't have the 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 volume issues on mine. Yeah, mine I had mix. to keep going between like ten and twenty on the on the on the remote, and I was is I just hate when I have to do that. And like uh, that, the la- I haven't had to do it that much since like Tenant was the last one where it was just like Jesus Christ constantly. Well, it's a super uh, quiet movie, and then there's like these few moments where the music gets loud. So like if you're like turning it up to hear, make sure you're hearing the quiet stuff. If you want yeah, the quiet yeah, stuff loud, you're gonna get hit with a loud moment. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have that problem, but I could see that happening because there, there was a few loud music moments. But I loved the score. Um, it made it seem oh, so intense. Score. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was you know electronic, and sometimes it was light, but sometimes it was heavier. Um, love the score. Love the you know the direction. I love the performances from. Um, Josh Hamilton and Elsie Fisher. The rest of the kids were fine. 
Um, the one, the the creepy boy, we'll talk about that scene. We should talk about that scene soon before we forget. Um, but the creepy boy I saw in another A24 movie called Low Tide. Um, and he was one of the main cast. Um, and he was, uh, it was fine. It was all right movie. And he was, he was all right in it. Um, just no, just notice the A24 movies. So there are a lot of same actors in, in a lot of these indie flicks. Um, but yeah. What do you, uh, his, his voice seemed familiar. Yeah. But I just, I couldn't peg him for anything. Yeah, A24 movies. Yeah, that's the other thing I forgot to I don't know if I mentioned this was A24 distributed. Um, it's our second A24 movie already. Um, but yeah, I like what they do. I like the the films that they take, you know, they that they, they get a hold on. A hold of, I mean. Um, so the budget of this film was $2 million. Um, oh, that's it? Yeah. Wow. That's what I want to say. Oh, do you wow. think, so I want to ask you this. Because this is, do you think you can make a movie like this? I mean, for $2 million, yeah. For $2 million, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, the, um, everything takes place just like in, in just either at a school, school or, or the suburban homes. Yeah. Um, which is super cheap and easy to shoot. And the, if you're using all like no big names, it's you know that cuts down your your actor costs. That's usually what the majority of a budget goes to is just paying the actors. Um, I wonder how much Josh Hamilton made. The uh, I wonder yeah, what Elsie I mean, and Josh Hamilton made. I mean, you could if you were doing this like super on a budget, you could probably make this movie for like five hundred thousand. If you were just like, you know, everyone's getting not great rates, but not bad, but you could probably make it. It was a critical and commercial success. Um, uh, 13 point... Uh, the box office is 14.3 on Netflix million. Oh, um, yeah, it made a shit ton of money back. Yeah, for being a movie for being a movie like this, um, indie flick, uh, you know, uh, it did really well. Um, oh, the runtime. This is the shortest film we've watched thus far. Actually, Inside will technically be the shortest, but boy, was it refreshing to watch two films that were an hour and a half. Oh, I know, right? I was just about to say, I have been so sick of the two-plus-hour movies that have just been coming out over the last couple of years. It, it 90 minutes is just so... If, you know, I have the rest of my day, you know? Um, it feels nice. Like, we watched the we watched The Conjuring 3 yesterday, and Jesus, that one was it was that wasn't that good. It was it was meh. I put the first the, Conjuring uh, on our list because I never seen the it. The first Conjuring's great. I've seen that one. The first Conjuring's really good. This this newest one was just like meh. But the uh, but yeah, you just get into these things. It's like oh god, you. I'm sick of feeling like I'm in the last act when I have an hour left. Um, and I've been having that feeling with so many movies uh, as of late. And it's, it's, I don't know, but it's, everyone's, I, I don't know, everyone just got so used to just like a, mo a feature being like two to two and a half hours, two to three hours. I don't know. It's just, um, it feels long. I don't know. Maybe it's just because of quarantine. Everyone just, I'm just getting sick of watching stuff and sitting at home and shit. But the, uh, Oh, the I just saw the pacing, everything perfect. Hour and a half, perfect. Yeah, such an easy watch. Both of these are easy watches, but um, yeah. because of the because of the length. But I think particularly this, I was engaged the whole way, um, and it just paced really well. Every every scene, 
um, was interesting and didn't go on too long, and it led you into the you know what was happening next. Um, yeah, just a well crafted film for somebody who's never made movies. Um, apparently, I just was reading on the wiki that uh, he insisted that he was going to direct it, um, and and then he had to. He like trained with the DP of the movie and and did a bunch of shit with him and read a book from Sidney Lumet on making movies, um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, spent eight months pretty much hardcore cramming for learning to learn directing, um, and did it. Um, yeah, excellent product. I yeah, after both of these, super interested to see um, what he does next. Uh, but yeah, what do you? Yeah, I. Sorry, I mean, if you're gonna ask me what I would give it star wise, uh, uh, we're yeah, we're about we're about at that time. We're almost at a uh, half. Well, well, let's talk about the the the, the scene, the the car. Oh scene. yes, yeah, I know, I forgot something. I know, I forgot something. Okay, so there is. Uh, make sure if you suggest this to somebody, um, particularly, well, anybody, um, I would mention that there is. I would warn them there is a scene of. Uh, like sexual assault or almost sexual assault. Um, like very close uh, and very like pressuring it's, and and yeah, it's like the um, it's the I'm asking permission, but I'm also blaming you at the same time. It's, yeah, manipulate. Like, it's very manipulative. Yeah, and, and especially for someone. So the first time I saw this, I didn't know that he was supposed to be a senior. Like graduated. Those kids are graduating seniors. I yeah, thought that yeah. they were junior, like I thought they were juniors becoming seniors, which is still bad. But it's just like yeah. Jesus Christ, like you are just a straight creep, dude. Like yeah, she's in, gonna, she's in like eighth, fourteen grade. max, thirteen. She's, she's thirteen. Oh, geez, um, they said worse. that. Yeah, it's that was so, like, so disgusting. Um, but it's um, wrestles with me, and not to you know say anything too far, but was like this is a very accurate portrayal of this shit that happens when you're this age, um, mm. around this age, give or take a year, give or take a couple of years. But, uh, these situations happen to like so many, uh, young girls. And, um, I don't know. It's illuminating. I think a lot, a lot of, I think kids should see this. I think that kids and they're in eighth grade should see eighth grade because it is, it's accurate. I feel like it's so accurate. Cause it does have a level of like, so apparently it's, this movie was rated R um and there was disappointment that it wasn't rated PG-13 um because they wanted kids to be able to see it um like middle school kids to be allowed to see it but I, I don't remember hearing any f words in it no it's just the sex stuff apparently uh yeah. the blowjobs and the then the in the car scene and mm. um yeah there's all the sex stuff in it is what i guess got it bumped up to r and apparently there was some people that thought that it should have been appealed but a24 i guess decided to never appeal the rating um mm. but uh so apparently a24 then arranged one unrated screening in each u.s state um in in canada Oh no, Canada rated it 14A, which is what and Burnham approved of that apparently. But uh yeah, I think kids should see this. I think this should be shown at school. Um it, there's a really good point that a lot of sexual sex education didn't really talk about consent when we were kids. I didn't really get mm -hmm. any talks about consent until like either very late high school or early college. Um college I got constant t talks about sexual education and consent. 
um, but not really in, in middle school. The, uh, I was going to say, I'm, uh, sorry, I was just reading one. Yeah, I was reading the chat. Sorry. Lugo Mayalgo said that New York Times uh, Manola Dargis slyly altered in her review uh, rated R for real human language. I think that's fitting. Mm-hmm. Bodak didn't know that Bo, that, uh, Bo was five years younger than him. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, shit, I think I lost it. I had it. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, I didn't really. I don't think I've ever really had just like the like the consent talk. It was just something I. I feel like I just picked up through like, like social cues and situations, like or like I grew up in, or like uh, like in college and stuff, and or just like seeing like the, uh, you know, you see like the movements and stuff online. Of, of stuff and it's just like well yeah that makes sense not to do those things and there wasn't really movements like that though when we were in school um or very little and i would say that it wasn't very explicit you had to kind of learn from your friends and some other some friends yeah. were pieces of shit so you did it was very murky like you didn't understand what like you you know what's right i feel like we you know know what's right uh, many of us, but I feel like there's instances where you where you're like depending on who you were friends with, you know, you could have had a different interpretation of how things were supposed to be. Um, yeah, which is not good, uh, not good. So this was good. Um, uh, I think that this, yeah, like I said, this film should be shown to middle school kids, um, because I I think there's a lot so that they could relate to and and um, but also learn learn from fun trivia fact bo burnham is five uh, six foot five yeah i figured that out from inside because he's a long motherfucker well i what's the opening shot he ducks into his own house yeah yeah and i'm like i'm six four and inch shorter and have never had to duck into a house door um i've ducked in through plenty other doors but usually like the how the door to get into a house is always tall enough yeah, I think that that's not a real house. It's like a little like apartment thing. He must use as like a studio or something because that yeah. little room has just a door that goes straight outside, and you can see back into it, and it's a kitchen and stuff. But it doesn't look mm-hmm. like it's that big. Um, like it's like a little apartment. Um, he must use rent for for like a studio as a studio. Yeah, that's my guess because it's also in so the room. I wanted to say, I'll wait, I'll wait till we get to that. But let's wrap up eighth grade, unless there's any final things you want to say about it. Um, no, I don't know. It was just it felt real. Yeah, like it just it it just seems like an it seemed like an accurate portrayal of just the awkwardness of growing up of that like you're in the middle stage between becoming young adults and kids, you know, that preteen age um, is very uncomfortable. Well, I just think I'm just like teens don't know. Sh- teens are dumb and don't know shit. Yeah. But also like preteens are, are don't even know, like they know even less. They got even less figured out, you know? Yeah. It's and so the whole weird. thing about like the, the fucking the 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 hot kid and he's just like you do blowjobs you send nudes and it's just like kid like at that age that's like the it's when it's starting to happen 
Yeah, like the well, this like the only like a, a dude just only giving a shit about a girl if she's like willing to do the things that they like their older siblings or like older people have like. Yep, they'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. So like, yeah. they'll do they'll date somebody that that you know they wouldn't you know there's there's been moments that I imagine that boys will date somebody that they didn't even find attractive just because if they're willing to do stuff with them. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it was playing at that a little bit. Yeah, that's what right. I got out of it. What? Oh, what are you giving eighth grade? I would give this. I'm torn between a four and a four and a half. Wow. Um, I give it a four and a half. I thought it was pretty good. I'm giving it a four. Um, that is great. Great. I don't know. Um, there's something. This. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the. Like I mean, I, I was impacted emotionally by this for sure, but it didn't. It didn't blow me away, um, but it was a great film nonetheless. I don't think it. I'd put it above, you know, like I don't know, like to, to compare it to things we've already watched. I would definitely not put it on the level of Minari, but I definitely. Oh no, God! No. I'd probably put it around the level of Shape of Water, but I think I'd put Shape of Water above it. I like would I, put this above Shape of Water for me. What about Amelie? Mm. I think it's so different. It's so I, different. They're way different. different. I think I do Amelie personally. Yeah, Amelie. I just that's that that slog in the second half kills Amelie for me in a way. Whereas this was uh, so perfectly paced. I think I need to watch Amelie again to be honestly fairly um uh, review it. Um, but all right. Sound that's that's it. Fours, four, four and a half, possibly. So I I need you to definitively gun to your head, say four, four and a half. Uh, I'll go four. If a Minari was a five, then I'll give this a four. Okay. Now let's move on. Two. All right. Inside out. Pixar film. Inside out. Um, I, I can't. I don't want to play the music on the stream and get fucking fucked up. But man, I fucking was. I've been blown away by this, and I. I mean, that doesn't mean I necessarily think it's better than than these other amazing films. But as as I've never seen very many things like this. Uh, it has struck a chord within a lot of things that I relate that relate to me, um, with regards to anxiety about the world and technology and, um, and turning thirty. <laughs> turning thirty is a big one, and uh, and yeah, just your whole place in the world and what I'm supposed to be doing amidst all this chaos. And and am I supposed to be trying to make it better? Am I supposed to be trying to just live my life? Um, but yeah, I relate to so fucking much about this, um, being an already intro, partially introverted person, I, you know, to this kind of a degree and, um, but then having quarantine kind of just send all that shit into overdrive. Yeah, I will say that I thought this was, uh, in the way, like, like cinematically, the way it's directed, edited and all that stuff. Honestly, one of the coolest things I've seen in a very long time, uh, loved the imagery the use of the projections and like every all the uh, everything's done with just like a couple led lights and a leco uh 
Alico uh, spotlight. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like stuff that anyone could buy. Like, like the uh, headlamp, no, just, head. Just Alico not, light is expensive. No, it's expensive ones, but it's like they're like I've seen people use this shit at live shows, like the laser lights mm. and the headlamps. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. This, uh, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, for sure. The um, the smoke it was, machine. It's like weird where it's like yeah, it's a mix of mostly normal stuff but then there's just this like high-end spotlight that's in like uh on the one gear scene you can see it and it's just like oh shit <laughs> but at the same time it's like it's netflix so i can just send him anything he wants i'm sure he um, got a big old check for equipment um to yeah. do this especially since he's doing it all himself um but i yeah i loved it i love that his hair and beard length grow as the special continues the, oh he uh, looks more I, and more disheveled and unkempt and just wild yeah. it gets it looks like he's his insane his sanity is unraveling as this thing is going is going on yeah um, from that perspective super loved it from the content perspective some of the songs i felt like were it was just like just saying like bringing up like white people problems or or things but then just and then just cutting before a punchline or anything, but I, or I guess the punchline is just the problem itself. But I, the, I uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you mean. Um, I need specific like, context. Like the, hmm, let me see. Like uh, he'll, oh shit, what was the one? It went like you don't have anything written down. Uh, not for this part specifically, because I was uh, like stewing on it and thinking about it. The. Um, for some reason, can't get white woman Instagram out of my head. That was the catchiest one for me. Uh, <clears throat> I wasn't my favorite, but it was the, it's the one that's just been drilled into my head. Um, but the God damn it, he's like talking about like suicide and stuff. Or he's he's talking about like the like the the internship, like unpaid internship thing, and then it just kind of stops instead of just talking more about like like if it was like a Chappelle sketch or something, it would be more of like a funny solution or something punchline but this it just goes and switches off into just an introspective of just like himself reviewing the reviewing and being a commentary on like reaction videos and stuff um the i'm not really really following it would like set up something important to talk about and then change the subject if that makes sense i mean i i think he's making a he's made he usually makes a point or a statement in every single one of these things um maybe you didn't get them I don't know. I'm just having a hard time explaining it. I think, um, but I don't. It like it was good nonetheless. Uh, but there's, I guess, there's just certain things. It was just like the. Um, I don't know. I it's like so. I, I'm in a weird thing because it's like I think I paid attention so much to the visuals and the and everything of it that that just like took me away, and I probably have to watch it a second time to to really go through on there. But like I. Like the frost projector thing is probably one of the coolest visuals I've seen in something in a long time, just because it's like, I don't know, it's just simple. It's just projection of just light as a cross and just throwing yourself in it with all the darkness and everything. I thought it was super cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm like talking myself back into just loving it. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems it like, uh, yeah, it seems like you don't remember what you think about. <laughs> the yeah it's like it's it's uh, there's like so much things in it and then like that's why notes are important so good um but uh the i don't know it was good though it was good it was it flowed really well too it was it wasn't like long it was like a quick not quick at the same time either but it's like it i didn't feel long it just like 
ended at the perfect time. Uh, the um, I, I think them being broken up by the sketches. Um, like, not sketches, but broken up by, like, non-musical bits. And then, the, so, like, there's a song, and then there's a non-musical bit, and then there's a song, and there's a non-musical bit. And that's kind of how it goes through the whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's what make, helps it be paced so well. And that's kind of how his specials are. Um, yeah, that's the coolest shot I've seen all year. <laughs> Um, is being drenched in sweat on a projected cross. So I think a lot of the songs, a lot of the songs, um, there's some that are like very emotional and more like, even if they have jokes in them, they're about like, I would say much more serious things. And then there are songs that are really light, um, and, and silly, like FaceTime with my mom or white woman's Instagram. Um, but it's all fits this theme of like technological claustrophobia, um, being locked. And when you're you know, introverted and you are locked inside, um, you engage with mainly the internet and the digital space. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of commentary about, you know, modern society engaging with the digital space, uh, whether you're on Instagram and you have to see, you know, white woman's, uh, you know, interpretate uh, interpretations of their, or their own presentations of their reality, which are, you know, over the top and false, you know, it's, they portray their lives as heaven. And, um, it's, it's obviously not, we're all living in the same world. Um, and, uh, or to FaceTime with my mom is the, the annoyance of having to deal with talking to my mom through FaceTime and all the, all the quirks and drawbacks that come with it or, uh, or sexting, you know, in quarantine, there's a lot of people that weren't able to have sex with their partners, normally and sex things what they had to rely on um so like even the stupid songs which i didn't weren't as into as some of the more emotional ones um they still fit they still were important pieces i think to painting this overall theme of um you know intro like the introversion or looking for a reason to stay inside um because i th that that was a, a another thing that i think he makes a point of is he was already prone to not want to go out, go out and party or do whatever. Um, but um, now with quarantine, you have the ultimate reason um, to stay inside and do nothing. But you, I think humans are social creatures to a degree, and anyone in, in isolation for too long is gonna it's gonna get to them in ways as we have seen throughout the course of this film. Um, the go ahead. I was gonna say I did. I loved this. Uh, the sexing song was probably one of the funniest to me. Um, I thought that was really funny. I love the and also once again the projection use is just so good. Um, just having all the different like emoji wallpaper things just splashing across the face and stuff like that, and then just the uh, fucking sitting with my sitting on my phone with my dick in my hand. <laughs> I didn't want to respond back with the dick pic that looked like the eraser head baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all really really funny. That was um, so funny. Um, Lugo, my Argos was saying, uh, not to backtrack too much, but she was saying to what you were talking about that they, they get what you're saying. The unpaid intern thing didn't really culminate in anything itself. It was just a vehicle to get into his own head, which I think he was saying a lot of these problems, he takes them and uses them to get into his own head with anxiety. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess he, that's what I was trying to say. It's, it's, it's just like he sets something up and then walks away and then takes it back to himself or walks away from it. Um, I and, think that, yeah, uh, because it's like a lot of it's about being anxious about today, about the problems of today, of the bit the larger issues, my place and all of it. What am I supposed to be doing? It really sets up those themes from the beginning with the, uh, the um, saving the world with comedy song in the very, yeah. you know, the second one. Um. Uh, uh. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot about anxiety, and it is. He even says something about in the "How the World Works" song, which is like a a Sesame Street kind of bit, and mm-hmm. the the Sako, the the very revolutionary Sako character, is like you have to see your own, you know, your self actual actualization through the lens. You know, you have to help people through the lens of of your own selfishness. So like, is it really is it really because you want to help people, or is it because you want to feel better about yourself? Um, yeah. So it's not even like you're really helping. Um, it's all and then it, then the bits with the brand, like the inside brand, like he's like a brand spokesman, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you? Uh, no, that was really. Do funny you stand? You. Do you stand with? Um, like Cheetos in their fight against Lyme disease or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's like a wheat thins. Uh, wheat thins. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Like that's all very accurate. Like anyone is mo- a lot of people motivated by social stuff today is it's for money reasons in terms of brands. Um, but there's also a lot of people all down in the streets, like Sako was referring to, that are really trying to do real work, and you can either get with it or get the fuck out of the way. Um, rich straight white man. Uh, so I, I definitely can sympathize with it. Uh, it's something that I've thought about a lot as a, as a white man, um, is like, there's things you want to do and there's so much wrong. And like, we also like, we've, we, he says in the, in the comedy song about like, we've had the floor for 400 years and maybe I should just shut the fuck up. And then he looks at the camera and he's like, no, (laughs) and that, that got me, that got me. Um, cause I think that's what, that's what a lot of us think about and go through and, um, and, and it's like the feeling, the need to express your opinion at all times. There's a bit about that mm. at some point. Um, <laughs> do you think that, and I hope I am able to describe this correctly cause I'm real, I real hard time formulating my thoughts into words, but the, uh, the making it specifically just about like white people who, you know, you could say have it the least hard of of all people. Do you think that's a little like I don't know, tone deaf or something else to just wait? What only make it about that or it's what do you mean? You're tired about that. Well, you know, all the jokes and stuff like that always seem to just reference just being white and white people and like. Well, it's because he's a white because he is a white he's a white man. Yeah, but it's like if you're bringing up problems and stuff in the world, and then but just bringing it back to white. I don't know. I guess it's like I was just. Is it like? Should it have been more, like, not just about white people? Or do you think it's not his place because he is white and so he doesn't know the true, like, like undertakings and feelings of how, like, other people have had it during, like, quarantine and stuff? I uh, I don't think... He's not saying that white people have it bad. He's saying that white people have it good and to, you know... He has emotional issues on... He's having these own emotional issues, but he's very aware of 
his place as a white man in society, so it makes him feel bad, but it also um, is true, and he has to be self-aware of it, but also self-awareness does not absolve you of anything. Um, yeah, it's not... That's I, It's more about you know recognizing and dealing with that um, that notion while still wanting to participate and um, or like thinking that you shouldn't participate like oh I should just shut up and not be a part of this uh, or I could I should let other people talk um, but there's all these conflicting you know feelings about that because uh, it's a very it's a complicated thing it's a fucking social minefield. Mm. Yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. So that was an interesting topic. I had seen some stuff online, COVID, I got it. Um, I wanted to see. I don't think he bring up. I don't even think he brought up white people. I mean, he had white woman's Instagram, and he references being white in at least I think about half of the the songs. I don't think it was that many. Problematic, he does. Uh, white woman's the Instagram, and then does. the open, and then the opening song. That's about and then it. The uh, I think he does in the. Yeah, problematic is the is the, the yeah. The, like, so the three songs, rocky, starting thing. I, I swear there was another one. I was blanking on it now, but the um, he's very self-reflective, yeah, just... and then you're reflecting on your own, you know, who you, your own identity and your own place in all of it. Yeah, this is something I saw online. I was curious what your thoughts were on. Um, oh, I was making sure you don't feel this way about it. No, I I'm. I was just it's it was just uh there's there's like a not a heavy split but there's just like a small split online of people that didn't like it for like these reasons and I was just I didn't see any idea. are you sure those weren't conservative people because I didn't see anything like that and where I was looking I don't I don't think it was it was just uh where where is this at? going down through the, going through the uh uh the review hole through like Metacritic and stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think that's the problem is you go to Metacritic and there's a lot of conservative review bombing on there. Um, but uh, but like the, a lot of the reviews and stuff, there's nothing. There's no none of that. Uh, you know who uh, who didn't uh, whose review didn't like it? Who's not conservative? Surprisingly, who? Uh, Lawrence Sontag did not like it at all. Lawrence has really weird taste. Yeah, him and him and Bruce were talking about it on the talking the the last talking in their podcast, and neither of them like, Bruce thought it was okay, but neither of them really liked it. Uh, which I was they're not really was into, they're everybody... not really art guys though. Like they're not really yeah, they're more more run of the mill kind of guys. Elite Lawrence has very particular tastes. Like he does like a lot of art shit. It's just very specific. yeah. I was shocked. Um, um, I was shocked when I, when I heard it. Um, no, I'm not saying that I, I, that everybody loved it or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that. I, you know, whatever. But um, there's plenty of people I thought that also on, and there were some people that critiqued it as being like not as deep as people think it is and shit like that, or that his old stuff's better. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> I don't think his old stuff's better. I think this is the best he's done out of his comedy specials. Um, at least that I've seen. I've only seen like the old uh, Comedy Central ones. Um, but for me, at least, this is definitely the best thing I've seen him do. Um, I think I liked eighth grade more, but this is definitely like, I don't know, it was really good. It was really good. And I still just can't say enough of just how blown away I was from the visuals of just shooting everything in a, in a single room and still having like not being bored of see, of like the, uh, the visual presentation. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, uh, this really resonated with me. All of the all of the content uh, and all how it was shot was amazing. I probably think that eighth grade is is an ob is objectively the better th piece, um, as just a piece of art. But mm -hmm. I think that this is a time capsule of our age. Um, I think that they will, people will be referring to this for a really long time as a time capsule. Um, and I think that it's something that hasn't really been done before because it's a comedy special, but it's also a documentary. It's also a film. It's also um, a music, a musical it is all, you know, it's a lot of things mm. at the same time. I wouldn't be surprised if this gets adapted into a musical, um, like, cause it would be very cheap since it's just in one room. Um, mm. And just one person, you could run a really small but really interesting, cool show with that uh, premise. I, I could think. see him doing a like a, a one-off like theater release, but not like a continuing thing. Um, like I like featuring him doing everything. You know what I mean? Like I I can see that being like a pop-up thing showing up randomly, and it's just like one night only live inside. Um. Because I feel I don't I feel like if it uh, it would take away from it to make it like a recurring thing, because uh, like the the on this medium of you know on of of uh, of being a film more than a live production I think like the how am I trying to say it sells what he's doing a lot better having full control of the visual versus you know sitting in an audience and and watching it as like a play or a musical um if that makes sense i mean you're sitting yeah i mean it's you're still it's just sitting in a chair regardless um but i yeah i think being able to edit it is what's like i don't think if it couldn't have been a play first like it had to be it has to be what it is and but i think it could be totally be adapted um but yeah, I, I'm not. I agree with some of what you're saying. Um, so what was your my favorite songs on it? Because uh, I would rate them for two different reasons. The funniest song, um, or the best song, probably is "Welcome to the Internet." Um, my personal favorite was that "Funny Feeling," um, which was the the acoustic song he sang at the towards the end. Um, mine was my I like problematic just because the like the visual was so good that it just like it sucked me in on it like I love like I love this picture <laughs> I love this image um but the uh, the inside sketch was I know that's not really a song but the uh, was probably my the funniest to me um but problematic was probably my favorite I just like that more like I like he does like that heavier 80s synth stuff so well uh and it's just, it's it's just so like exactly what it needs to be well. Um, oh, that was so cool too with the headlamp uh, thing, shining at the disco ball. Like that's so fucking clever. But also like there's enough fog and atmosphere in the room that he gets a solid beam that just show up on camera. It was just so like uh, technically so good. Um, I think um, pro problematic. I think is one of the it, it was one of the better mute songs like made. Like the beats really, the instrumentals really good. But I feel like the content mm. was was not as good. I feel like he was like talking about how how he should be. You know, how come no one's canceled me yet? You know, I'm mm -hmm. I'm I've been problematic in the past. And then he just but then every example he brings up is like a silly 
I had an Aladdin costume as a kid. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> I, didn't as, my, I didn't darken my skin, but I still feel I, weird. I feel it. like that kind of took away from the power. Like, it could have been even pa- more powerful, like some of the other tracks um, or the other bits. Um, the most powerful ones I really liked. I liked, yeah, the unpaid intern thing was funny because it was like, oh, okay, he's doing a, a parody of this song that South Park did. And then, but then somebody already did it and he must have i really enjoy that he cuts some songs short when it's like you got the gist of the joke we get it buddy you don't need to, we don't need a three minute song about this so he just cuts it and then it the, it becomes a bit and it's more about you know youtube culture and like reaction videos and how it's very self-referential and you know you're reacting to a reaction to a reaction to a reaction and it just becomes this derivative um and it's a you know it's a facsimile of a facsimile and it just um you know and, and you're right everything starts as about something and then he's all of a sudden talking about himself like critiquing himself mm-hmm. And how he's not doing, you know, whatever, I did this bad or whatever, or I'm not doing good enough, but also I'm going to give a fuck. I'm going to keep talking. It's this weird uh, juxtaposition. I think that that's the, the conflict that a lot of people, you know, might have inside the, of themselves about some of these subjects. Because you want to do what's right and you feel like you have a social responsibility, but also... Um, you also have to keep yourself held together. You know, you can't yeah. kill yourself to save the world because you are just one person. You know, unless you're Jeff Bezos, who he brings up multiple multiple times in this thing. Um, for probably that reason, you can't really change the world yourself. Um, you just got to do the best you can. Um, and I think that was like the ultimate, the ultimate theme. I had a hard time understanding what the uh, the song "All Eyes on Me" song was about. All eyes on me, all eyes on me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, the end, right? I thought it was just like, these are just nothing words. But then I put it, played it back, and there's the lines about, like, the ocean's rising, like, I give a shit. You say the world is ending, honey, it already did. Um, and I don't mm. think he's being insensitive to climate change with that line. I think what he's saying is, I can't give a shit. Like, the world's already, what's happening to the world is already happening, and I'm mm. doing my best. And, um, you know, but I got to keep like, on trucking to give a shit anymore is to just ruin like the enjoyment I could be getting out of the time I have. Yeah. 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 And not that like he thinks you, he not should... in a selfish way, but yeah, you like... should and not like he's like polluting or he's like littering and, and whatever, but even the act of recycling as a cons- even if everyone consumer, all consumers recycled, it would just be a drop in the bucket compared to um waste industrial waste um and uh that can be that can be defeating that can feel make things feel futile but it doesn't mean we should not do it it doesn't mean we mm. should not recycle right you know but yeah, um yeah. it's something to keep in mind because when we are like enforcing some of these things as like social dogmas um it can be really you know it can be really hard and uh and hurtful to people, uh, especially once not in and not for recycling, but once things get so specific um, and they get, you know, um, they go further and further. The line keeps moving. And and for some people that really care and really want to do the right thing, they're fucking, you know, bending over backwards. But at the same time, it's either, you know, get with it or get out of the fucking way. Um it's really the the ju- the juxtaposition of these things, like 
knowing what you can do, knowing what you should do, knowing what you're capable of. Um, but also like if it's not someone's responsibility to teach you or to hold your hand or to make you feel comfortable about it, like it's, you know, get out of the fucking way. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, the, the messaging in this is very powerful. And it, it's it's a little anti-capitalist, but it's not like... I think it's just more... Uh, there's, sometimes he just makes observations, and he doesn't he, he doesn't provide solutions. It's just like, this is fucked up. I don't have an answer for it. And then that's... Yeah, what's, yeah. And I can't give you an answer for it. This is just, how can we go on, you know, living this way? That's um, one of the things that Lawrence said he didn't like. It was because of the not providing solutions, and he just was referencing it as just like how would he say it? it was just like not that it's his job to provide a solution but like i get i think he was it seemed like he was part of the like this isn't as deep as everyone thinks it is crowd um um uh, I, I think that no I, one's sorry go ahead i was gonna say but i i don't think it's meant to be like you were saying like that it, i think it's just being like this is what's happening around me while I'm trapped, like locked inside of my house. And like, all I can do, you can't do anything about it because you can't leave your house. All you can do is just observe it and to make speculation or do whatever is just, you know, and then you're just those people that just post endlessly on Facebook and share links that they don't read. Um, Logo Myogo uh, said, I think Bo Burnham's lane is not providing solutions. Um, yes. I think that's part of the part of it though, is part of it is that you don't, no and it's like but what but what if but what if this but this but this mm -hmm. like he's say he brings up this point and like we should all shut the fuck up but i'm not gonna do that we should all do this but we but there's this or but we there's you know this is but this and it keeps going back and forth mm -hmm. with it this is there's an inner confliction um about it all and it weighs on him um i watched both of his he has two specials on Netflix from before, Make Happy from 2016, and I think the other one's called What from 2013. Um, and actually, the end of Make Happy, he um, there's he's in the room from inside, and he walks out, and like there's a woman in a on a on an apartment across the the grass yard, and he pets the dog, and it's like it feels like that that the ending of that is like the beginning of Inside. Um, I didn't, and he's been meta forever. So he's had this anxiety of, and, and he had a song about like being, having a lot of empathy and that making you feel bad because you can't help everyone and you can't do the right mm -hmm. thing for everyone. And he's got a lot of songs about, or a lot of bits about not giving homeless people money and feeling bad about it. Um, or not giving his money away cause he has it or like those kinds of things. And I, it, he's obviously been building to this, but what makes this different? Obviously, it's, it's the the music is actually good. There's songs on this that I could just straight listen to. Um, like, there's probably like three or four songs that I would just put on, not be like, check out this comedy song. It's like Weird Al um, or something like that. Like this, um, his old stuff feels like that. Like he might be saying there might be a message, but the song in itself is really not. Like I don't really want to put it on. I don't want to. I don't want to go back to it. It was just the vehicle to tell the joke, and I feel like now the music is is important. And may obviously not being in live form had some assistance in this regard because he could really sit and dwell and and flesh mm -hmm. out the instrumentals and everything. 
Um, uh, I liked how he just gets progressively more unhappy as it goes on. Like you can just see, like in in some of the performances and stuff as it goes on, it's definitely like becoming more of a chore, especially after like the thirty part. Like, oh just, yeah, like well, there's like a bit halfway through that he's like, "Don't kill yourself." I'm not saying yeah, yeah. that you should kill yourself. And then by the end, he's like, "I want to kill. I'm I I want to kill myself." I hate. Like he's in the worst. He said he's in all time low mental state, and mm. it sounds like he's been in some low mental states in the past. Um, especially knowing that he's been grappling with these kind, some of these kinds of things since he was twenty in twenty thirteen or be, before that. Um, he mentions anxiety a lot in the development of eighth grade, and that's why that movie happened. As somebody who has anxiety really bad, um, and um, is also just turned 30 uh, within the last couple of years um paranoid about my place in the world and what I should what I could do to help but also feeling like I'm doing the best that I can and I have to keep myself held together first you know if I don't if I'm not alive then who am I helping you know and uh um yeah take really take care of yourself and I think being social with people is important whether over the digital space oh my god the there was like a little speech he gave about um that the digital space is the real world and we just use the physical space as like a coal mine and we go up and we get what we need to go back uh to go back or we go down in the coal mine get what we need to go back up to the surface and spend time in the the much realer digital space and i really thought that was super interesting and then he just immediately oh, it's true so yeah, he so like the, then he then he cuts and or not cuts, but he just immediately starts making a joke about pirate maps, and it's like you're it's like jarring because he's just making this social commentary joke, and then he starts making a joke about something really stupid, um, like silly like pirate maps, why they always look like shit, um, and it's like that's the chaos I think of this thing. He brought up that he makes a point, and then just immediately cuts to something else or it becomes the, about something else, like the unpaid intern thing. Um, I really like the stream. He's streaming like he's a Twitch streamer and he's playing a fake video game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is was cool. Him crying or him playing piano. Um, I, love, I love the line. He's like, Oh, I guess I'll just make him cry again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's so funny, but also incredibly relatable. Like quarantine life. Like what are you going to, all right. Another, another day uh, wasted or not even wasted, but you're like trying to um, kill time. And, uh, so I, I think about it sometimes that like life, we're all just killing time until we're, until we die. Like we're oh, looking, that's, we're that's looking, always what I think. we're looking for distractions to keep us occupied until we die. And yeah. I've been, a, I've been in that camp of belief since college and it's, I, it's such a depressing fucking yeah, state. To think, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think Bo is also true. in that place. Um, and it's hard to break that. It's hard to, to to not think that once you realize like the truth in that, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it creates a lot of like, what's the point moments, but at the same time, That's it's all like, well, I, I, I get in that. And well, I'll get I, the little I, dopamine rush for now. Uh, yeah. It, it's hard to find value in things if you're not making money for them. And, it, and, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, well, why the only place I can get value from is a career because of the way, art society is set up 
like capitalism mm-hmm. or whatever. And not that I'm advocating to completely destroy it or anything. Um, but the way we're set up is I think the why it's like ingrained to feel bad about not doing things to make more money. Um, it's live to work mentality rather than work to live. Yeah. I love, I have so many hobbies and I, I feel bad about doing hobbies all the time and, and just staying in the same job and just not mm. progressing and not trying to make more money or whatever. And, and Riss has been really good about helping me with that. And it's honestly been pushing me to do more like work on hot, like, creating again like this podcast or working on movie i screenplay ideas or songs or whatever um but it's been very helpful because i've been very paralyzed D D has been my creative outlet for sure but um i still it doesn't fill the hole completely to not have it out there for some public consumption i guess just putting something on the wall and if somebody likes it then that's cool um, yeah, I, I mean, working in working in film, it's like uh, it's it's a constant like keeping up with the Joneses mentality. I'm constantly feeling like I've fallen behind, especially mo- moving back to Pittsburgh. It w- and just seeing like friends still still able to work through the pandemic and getting good job like good gigs and stuff on set, and, and then and you're not or like now that I am working again, but then you're still just you just see somebody online post something that it's like they did on their own like a passion project or whatever it's like what the fuck why are not why am i not doing that meanwhile i've just been scrambling just to get my like consistent work and income in uh yeah you just constantly feel behind you constantly feel like what you're doing is not far enough and you're seeing people who are either younger or in a similar spot to where you were a couple years ago now significantly farther or um or or happy and content and you're just jealous of that you know it's like how do i get that how can i just be okay with what i have and what i'm doing um it's hard it's hard, it's hard. no, it one, when, no like, one has it all figured out and that's what i've realized the older i get yeah. is like no adult that has going to give you advice i mean they there's people that are wise from experience and know more than me but like no one has it all figured out that's ever probably lived one of the worst feelings which i don't know how this will sound but was it's like when i would be like touring or working with like any of the celebrity people it would just being the poorest person in the room sucks and not because anyone's talking about it but everyone's like all right let's go do this and it's something that costs a lot of money and i know that if i go and join them i'm going to drain my bank account trying to just so i can hang out and keep up um but it's just like it's yeah, it's just such a shitty feeling, um, but I don't know. That's 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 just something to overcome and learn to be happy with what you have and know that if you can just work, keep working hard enough, I guess you'll get to where you need to be. Mm. Um, yeah, but that's but, that's straight up the uh, capitalist shit. Yeah, I know it's so hard to break. It's so hard to break. Well, it's not that you. Ha- I mean, if that's what makes you happy, then do it. Absolutely, like progressing in your because your hobby and your your main hobby and your career are are one so like you're in the you are in the the privileged camp to have that because a lot of people don't like me i've mine are divided um and it's my dream to have that uh or was my dream to have that um so i don't know it's i think that's that's what bo is dealing with like bo is living a dream he is have money he's he is successful um his dream is you know his dream of comedy is his career and creating 
and being an artist. Um, but he's still mentally fucked up and he still feels bad about a lot of shit and he feels like he's, he has a responsibility to do more and, and do something. Um, I think that's a lot of us, you know, have that even when you're, I think even if you feel fulfilled by your career, um, that some people feel like they need to do something beyond that, whether it's charity or volunteering or something. Um, and I I mean, money didn't definitely doesn't buy happiness it's it's or not even not even money but the feeling of accomplishment um because that's kind of what i've always craved with my uh, passions um is like that was always that that like bb guns like if we made it that was like the drug i was looking for the 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 mountain i was looking to get to the crest of but i wondered if i would have got there if i would have been like well now i need to make I make a million dollars. Now I need to make two million dollars. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, you know? Um, which is stupid. Um you have to decide for yourself when it, when are you ha- content with your life and just want to enjoy it being you know, living your life and being. Um I wanted to talk about the ending. Um, because the ending um so yeah, I told you the ending scene post song is similar to the ending of his last special. Um, he's like apprehensive to this and this one. He's apprehensive to leave the room. Um, but once he's out of the house, he realizes that he's on a stage. And yeah. I was, and I wondered if this meant uh, either meaning he is always on stage or leaving the room this time versus the last time in the Make Happy special. Does that mean he will have to return to live performances and public life, which has caused him severe panic attacks, which he describes in the All Eyes on Me song preview in the previous track. Um, and when the final shot of it, we get, uh, he's watching himself on the projector and he starts smiling and the credit song plays and it just like, it'll stop any day now, any day now. And it just keeps talking about and like, what'll stop? Like, will quarantine stop? Will your depression and bad feelings stop? Um, will the world stop turning? Um, will you, will your life stop? Will you end your life? Um, I wonder... I think it's an optimistic ending because of the little smile he gives, the little smirk he gives watching the projector. Um, mm. Like as it's uh, like, he's learned something maybe. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I feel that a lot. I've, I've been an isolator, especially when I'm depressed. Um, quarantine was the ultimate. It was honestly, I loved it for a long time, but then I just realized I was, there was a lot that was making me unhappy about it and not seeing friends and family. Luckily I've been able to be very plugged into people because of, you know, games and and online stuff and D and D. Um, and I live with my partner, um, which has been really nice, but I, there's a lot of people that really struggled and I can only imagine what it would have been like. Um, especially in that tiny ass, uh, if he lived in that tiny ass apartment, making that this whole thing over a year, it had to be very harrowing um, experience. Yeah, the um, I I'm being more of an extrovert. I like I love just being out and about, hanging out with people and stuff. It was I hated a lot of quarantine. Um, like I, it gave me time to catch up on like and, and do nothing, which is something that I rarely do. Like I, I I have a habit of I'll just burn myself out and then just do nothing for a couple weeks and then burn myself out and do something. So it was like having the time to do nothing for a year, you know, it was just kind of like almost rewired me. And now I'm, 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 I was str- like 
struggling to want to get out and make things and do things and and go to work and stuff outside of like just i mean i mean just in general i guess it it, it yeah definitely like kind of changed me to be more of like the stay at home kind of guy now but the um i took the ending as the everyone has just like like when he's on the stage when he leaves the his apartment that everyone has always been watching like he's still like no matter what under the like truman showish where he's even when he's inside he's still under the uh, the spotlight regardless of whether he's in or outside see i um, thought i thought that he i see i took it as a he wasn't in the spotlight but he was filming something to show everyone and then by doing so and finishing inside he then has to go outside which is the stage yeah. and like think about the shakespeare line like all the world's a stage um yeah. kind of thing um i think there's something there um with that um yeah yeah i just uh, yeah i guess i took it as like he didn't re- like being inside didn't realize he was still being watched and then going outside was just like, oh shit everyone's well, still he has that like, bit he has that bit where he's like you know, I'm f- f- not at the, in the middle of it. He's like, I'm afraid I'm never going to get it done. And then towards the end, he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to get it done because then I'm going to have to leave. Like, and then I'm going to have to do something else and leave this place. Um, and that's why I got, that's where I got that from. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to say. Um, like I said, that funny feeling is my favorite song. I put it on. That's the really slow acoustic one. He has a line about Robert Iger's face and it resonates so much with me because I think about scrolling Facebook and just randomly an article about Bob Iger comes up and I don't give a fucking <laughs> shit about Bob Iger, but because of the internet and, and, and entertainment articles that you just see a fucking article about the, the Disney guy and he's not even there anymore. And I still see articles about him. Um, I just like, it, it was a very, um, that song is very like Bob Dylan, like random words and phrases, but it's very much, uh, describing the time. There was a line in there about um, reading Pornhub's terms of service, uh, going for a drive, but I'm obeying all the traffic laws in Grand Theft Auto Five. And I think about the people, you know, reading while they drive. I've done mm-hmm. it before, um, like reading Reddit or Facebook or whatever. Um, but also people that think about um, like RP servers in Grand Theft Auto. Like role, there are a community of people that role play in Grand Theft Auto and follow the traffic laws. Like that's part no of the idea. game. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the game. It's like there's police. Like you can role play as a, pol- a cop, and if someone blows a red light, you can fucking pull them over. In the oh, game. Oh wow! So it's like it's irony. Like the irony of all of this this world that we live in. You know, we'll 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 do something dangerous with our real life car. But we will obey the laws and <laughs> in a video in the digital space. Yeah. Um, that's just a I don't know. There's so many examples that fit in this theme, and yeah, there are individual songs that I would say isolated in a vacuum. Sexting I thought actually is my corniest song. Um, like I I think it's funny, but it's also like the the most corny. Um, and I was like, it by itself, I'd be like, okay, this is a cool comedy song. This could be a, a sketch on Saturday Night Live or something. Um, but then seeing it in this whole, it, as a piece of this whole thing, it says so much more. Um, and I really like, that's what makes this better than his old stuff. 
It's because his old stuff said things, but it wasn't executed to this level and it wasn't arranged in such a way that makes it so powerful. It is deep, but it is not the deepest thing in the world. You know, and I think that's why it's so popular is because it's incredibly accessible at the same time. It is a little abstract. It is a little off-putting. It is a little challenging, but it's also accessible and digestible, and the songs are catchy and get in your head. Um, and, yeah, I think that's what makes it – that's what made this blow up like it did. Um, and I think that's why this is going to be – referred to in the future. Riz said that she would show her kids this to have them know what it was like to be in quarantine. If she, you know, and like, that's like, yeah, that's, that's a good, I, I kind of agree. Do you think that he's going to go on a hiatus after this? Like a long one? It seems, he seemed to indicate that he's going to do, go do live stuff again. Um, and, and I hope he makes more movies personally. Um, but whatever makes him happy, he's he's it's a, he's like a he's like a, a lesser white Donald Glover really at this point to me. Um, like he he I could I'd be interested in seeing him do anything, act, yeah. uh, com do comedy, music, or uh, uh, direct, uh, or write and direct. Um, yeah, he's definitely now entering Donald Glover's level to me. It's not quite there. He's lesser, definitely lesser. But like the the. Um, Jack of all trades, a master of all trades, you know, it's how Donald yeah. Glover can be at times. Um, but yeah, loved it. I, so do we want to talk about how, um, I think before we give our scores, I wanted to bring up like evaluating this as a film versus evaluating it as a comedy special. Me and risk gotten a little bit of a, um, uh, a discussion about this afterwards. Um, like, is it fair to, so I said, is it fair to compare this to another comedy special? Like, is, do you evaluate this the same way you would evaluate Chris Rock's bigger and blacker? You know what I mean? Or, mm. or, or, or whatever name. No, no, I mean, if, John if, Lane, if, it's a, whatever. if it's a comedy special, that's more in the lane of just like a series of gets, let's say like this, maybe, but I wouldn't. Especially if it's stand-up specials, like, I but, don't yeah, think it's live. Well. yeah, because it's live. Yeah, the live, and it's like produced. Even if it wasn't live, like it's just this is arranged like it's almost not a documentary, but just like a it has been documentary bits, but pieced together. Your sound's getting really bad. Way. You sound um, like you're underwater. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, the better. Yeah, that must have been it. Um, um yeah, like the um. I, I don't know. I would judge it as a movie. I would judge it as an art piece, as a film. Um, and so, I mean, it's definitely a comedy. Like Briss brought up, like the comedy special structure. Like it is, it is structured similarly to his specials in the past. Like there, he randomly uses uh, like audience laughter drops. Um, not that much, but mostly in the beginning and some at the end. Mm. Um, the uh, and just like the song talk song talk structure is how yeah like that's how his other specials are but i think it being it being recorded and it being like individual like separate it's edited so heavily um that it uh it puts it somewhere else i think comedy special is a part of its dna absolutely um but it's so many things I mean, it's, a, it's a, this is a series of music videos intercut with documentary style discussion but it's also a music video but there's a sorry sorry, i didn't mean to jump on you there's a through line with the narrative 
And yeah. the songs reinforce the narrative for sure. Like, would you compare this to Runaway, the Kanye music video short film? I think that's actually a good that is actually a good um comparison. And obviously Runaway is very very it's got a way higher budget. Um yes. but uh that is actually a good a good point. Um or what about The Wall? We haven't seen The Wall yet, but uh, Yeah, but like but, did, does this does this compared to the musical movies? Like or like I think uh, the, or, I, or uh, what's it called? Um but it's the comedy concept, that makes it different. Concept albums, like yeah, yeah, like movie. Yes, like movies for albums, Save like the Wall or Runaway. Um, uh, but it's the comedy that's could... different. It's like if Weird Al did one of those. Um, he might have. Uh, he made movies. I don't think he did one for music with music though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that made better a bit more apt comparison. I think that the, I don't think any of those. I, well, granted, I've only seen Runaway, but I uh, yeah, we need to those. see the wall. Um, um, Runaway is actually is I think underrated, but um, it's cool as fuck and is a good watch. Um, but it's very abstract. Yeah, I think it's too because it's, it just it, relies on the it, it just relies on the music for it to tell the narrative more so, and it. Um, I, I think this stands on its own. Like regardless of music, if you just had just like him talking about the things in the songs rather than just having them be songs, I think this would stand on its own. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, it's definitely video, this is just something that's just not been done, and if it has, not to this kind of execution. Like, uh, yeah, if it's been done, this never been done in this tone and this level of of commentary. Obviously, it's a lot more literal commentary than it is like in symbolic commentary like in the wall um mm -hmm. but the wall gets heavy-handed at times too from what i remember um well yeah we'll probably have to watch that soon sooner than later not in the next couple but sooner than later just while this is fresh in our minds um not to even compare it directly to the wall i'm sure somebody's fucking wigging out out there hearing that but um I think it's really that good and it is um worth experience at the least it's worth experiencing and uh I would just not view it I think it, no don't view it as a comedy special cuz I think some people will go in there doing that and not think it's funny enough and I, it is very funny I laughed many times but yeah, it's, I know it's funny it's more it, it's there's going to be sad times and there's going to be you feel there's a range of emotions in it I have a um, feeling you're going to see a lot of stuff on either YouTube or TikTok or social media stuff that's trying to replicate this now. So um, apparently it's blowing up on TikTok. All the songs are going crazy on TikTok right now. Yeah. But yeah, I would imagine that other people will do this same thing. Um, and uh, it's going to inspire a, a new wave of shit, I think. Maybe not a giant wave, but more people will do this thing. Um, and it's very, it's very indicative of TikTok culture. It's long form, obviously, but it's very indicative of YouTube and TikTok culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it probably will do well. It has done well with young people. Um, uh, and I think, uh, it really speaks to the putting constraints on art can make you, can breed innovation, innovation, you know, putting artificial, constraints 
whether in terms of equipment or in terms of logistics and production um, or whatever. Just some artificial arbitrary rule can put a whole different set of parameters on on the medium to force and it then forces you to create something different to um, meet that goal. Um, yeah. And I think that this is uh, innovation bred from from constraints. Yeah, I agree. And that you don't need, and I think with both of these films, you don't need a gigantic budget. You don't need to tell some epic space opera or whatever superhero um, fuck fest, CGA fuck fest. Um, and you don't need, even as the comedy special, like you could do it in your room. And if you uh, know what you're doing, even if you don't have as nice of a camera, you could still shoot those angles. You could still get lights. You can still make it look good, I think. Um, if you edit it and the content is good and whatever, like I don't think you need a movie camera for it to be just to be worth watching. Um, I don't know. I hope it's inspiring to people. It's inspiring to me and it's got me off my creative butt a little more too. I was already getting there, but it it was a kick in the pants. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the camera they shot this on is a Panasonic S1H. It's a $4,000 camera. Um, Looks great. You know, get some different lenses and stuff. You're maybe 6,500 in total for just camera lenses and all the lights you can get. Like some of the lights you can probably just get like some stuff and then other stuff you can just get on Amazon, random softbox like LED panels and stuff. Um, The spotlight was the only expensive light that I saw in there. But the, uh, yeah, there's definitely something you could make for like, not including like all of his audio equipment and all that stuff, but just from a camera lighting perspective, you know, you could do for 10 grand um, on just equipment. And if you know what you're doing, knock it out. All right. I think it's time. Yeah. Hour and a half. That was quick. What are you giving it? Wait, we're not done yet. Sorry. My mic fell. Uh, uh, I thought you just like, you're like, all right, we're done. Rip the mic off. Uh, no, sorry. My mic fell down. Sure, but I, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, this is a solid I four. I think it's four as well. Um, as much as it, it's resonated with me on a level, like it's been impactful to me on a higher level. Um, I think like, so it feels like a five, but I know that's just because of my own personal experience and, and how it's resonating with me. But I think objectively trying to be objective, uh, it is a four. Um, and I don't, and I notice a lot of the other people I follow on letterbox, they don't seem to rate comedy specials. Comedy specials are all on letterbox, but they won't rate them. They just put if they like them or not. But I think this one, um, is worth rating and yeah, four. Four. I I agree. I I I'm, I still put eighth grade above it, but it's it's honestly, it's like two. It's apples to oranges a little bit. Like it's not even fair to compare them. Other than that, they are hour and a half feature length videos. <laughs> Made by the same guy. Made by the same guy. Directed and written by the same guy. Yeah, I would consider this his second film more than his whatever third, fourth, fifth comedy special. Yeah, honestly, going forward, I could just see him just doing stuff like either feature films or something in this vein going out, going on. Uh, I would be surprised for him to just do a stand-up, like a traditional stand-up show like he used to. I think he'll do a tour again. I'm sure it'll be wild. I'm sure he'll do another tour and see how he feels. And if he gets real anxious again, he'll probably take another long hiatus and work on movies or whatever. 
All right. So fours all over the board. Um, who, did you do any thinking about what you want to do next week? Um, not really. I think that's your pick this week. No, no. I, I think I, I forced inside and I picked the movies the week before that. So both movies before that. I think you least pick one. You should be least picking one. That's why I messaged you and told you to keep it, get, get something in mind. The, uh, do you, I don't know. Look at the list. I'm pulling it up right now. Best boys movie list. You you got the um. Yeah, you shared it with. Did you share it with Corey or did you share it with Tito? I can't remember. Tito on. That's what I thought. Sweet. Okay, that's one movie's left. God's internet is so trash here. Yeah, um, I think that's why your quality your audio quality was dipping randomly sometimes. Yeah, and we're paying for the high speed Wi Fi. It's just it's just so shitty here. But this hotel was cheap. Uh oh man, face off. Definitely. What? <laughs> I've never seen it. I've always um, wanted to though. Honestly, oh, we've I we should definitely as much as I really I really want to watch uh Hard Boiled again. I don't want to watch it right now since we've seen it before. We should watch yeah. it. But I I'd be down for Double John Woo unless there's a new movie you want to see. Um there's not really a lot of new stuff out that I I've, I've been wanting to see. Um I feel like we're in the lull before all the big stuff comes comes Black out. Black Widow um, I think is coming. That's in July. Oh. Luca is uh, yeah, talking about. the uh yeah i would be down with that or how about this is another curveball i've always wanted to see was train spotting um uh, awesome or film. oh how about how about new for newer film jojo rabbit that's uh i've always wanted to see that i really enjoyed doing two films of the same um filmmaker if you mm. want to if you want to pick one of those and then uh if you pick the person and pick the first movie that it, that can help us pick the second one um, well, yeah, how about how about let's do Tiger Witch TV because Jojo Rabbit was up for for a lot of awards a couple years ago and that's newer and then it's uh, not that it's not really new new though and he's I feel like but he's gonna be coming out with a new movie doesn't he's got another Thor coming out I feel like we should that's save. not until the end of the year yeah but if we can save it for the I guess you're right but... I was gonna say that Jojo Rabbit and what we do in the shadows would be a good combo um I want to see Boyhood of his. Uh, if we do Taika, because that's like one of his earlier films. Boyhood? I thought Boyhood was the Not the Boyhood, um, Boy. Like it's just, it's just called Boy. Yeah, no, gotcha. Boyhood's the Richard Link Linklater film. Yeah, I've seen Boyhood. That one's all right. Yeah, it's I would be down. cool in the concept. I would be down to see Boy, which is like his first movie that got him popping, if you want to do Jojo Rabbit. I, I don't want to do Jojo Rabbit right now, but this is your pick, so I'm fine to do it. Do I'm fine with that. I don't mean to make you if you can't pick anything else. Face off was fine. Yeah, um, my I would say either face off or or Jojo Rabbit. So uh, as a pair, would you rather do Jojo Rabbit and Boy, or would you rather do Face Off and A Better Tomorrow? 
Uh, I don't think I know a better tomorrow. So it's it's a it's Hong Kong. Or oh wait, what about uh, if we do? Um, didn't you say Black Klansman is Spike Lee? Yeah, I mean, do two Spike Lee movies. Because I've only seen the only Spike Lee movie I think I've seen in its entirety was is the Old Boy remake. His newest film is that The Five Bloods that came out last year, um, mm-hmm. Spike Lee. But um, gotcha. and we could do Black Klansman and The Five Bloods. Um, or we could do one of his old ones. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I'm I'm into any of it. Those all those are all movies I've been looking forward to seeing. You can three films probably too many, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, let's just do your original idea. Taika Waititi's fine, because we can always just do it. With, he has more movies later. If you want to do Jojo Rabbit and Boy, we can do that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that works for or, me. Or whatever. Or or, 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 I would also be down with Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, God. I've, so I've always long. wanted to see Blade both Runner so long. It's two long movies. Oh, gosh. Um. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just throwing shit out there. I or we could do if we could do a real curveball, go Miyazaki. There's a bunch of Miyazaki things that I, I want to see. Oh um, uh, yeah, I have a no, ton of. Kai wants ones. to watch. Uh, Kai wants to watch Ponyo real bad. Ponyo is good. It's it's not in my top tier, but it is in my second tier. Um, I've still never even seen Spirited Away. Spirited Away is one of the best. Um, I don't know. Gun to your head. John Woo, Spike Lee, or Taika? Um, I think... I think... Spike Lee. Wow. I, I feel like we should watch the, this newest one, though. That's my only issue with it. And well, no, like, I'm fine with the Five Bloods is the newest one, right? Yeah. Do you want to do an yeah, old that, one, then? Also? Um... Or do you want to do... Because that's what I mean. Black Klansman doing his last two no. feels like it won't be a good like a good picture, whereas an old one and a new one would be better. Um. Well, then let's do Taika then. Because I know nothing about Boy, and, and I'm fine going blind into that. All right. All right, and then at the end of the year, we'll we can do the new Thor, and maybe we do either this, we can do Hunt for the Wilder People or something else. Because I've seen Hunt for the Wilder People, and it's good. It's got Sam Neill in it, and I know you love Sam Neill. Yeah, <laughs> I still got to see what we do in the shadows too. Yeah, I've seen that as well. It's this more of a it's more of a comedy mockumentary, and I you definitely mm-hmm. should see it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm down. You can do you can do that too. All right, so Boy and Jojo Rabbit. That's fine. All right, so you heard it here, folks. Next week, we're watching Jojo Rabbit and from 2019 and Boy from 2010 from Taika Waititi. Um, and I'm sure going to bring up that picture of him. He he has. There's a picture that came out of him recently of him making out with Tessa Thompson and Rita Ora at the same time. Yep. <laughs> so this dude is he's living his best life right now and he deserves it uh <laughs> so i'll find that picture and at least um put it on the screen then but all right that wraps it up 
Uh, make sure you follow uh, Slob Thomas and Corey with a story on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow Slob Thomas on Twitch. Um, the this will go up on Monday on the Best Boys uh, Pod YouTube channel and uh, Facebook. And yeah, we are on Best yeah. Boys Pod is on Facebook as well. And yeah, get uh, get with it. Uh, watch these movies with us and join in in the chat. Um, Corey, you got any say, anything to say to the people out there? No, Corey with the star on Instagram. And uh, yeah, see you on the next one. All right. Um, I'd like to get some guests on here once in a while. Not every time, but like if we can talk to somebody and like they're, they're going to watch the movie that we're going to watch, um, I would mm-hmm. be down to put a third, third in um, every now and then. Um, but all right. Have a good night. Have a good day. Oh. Peace. Bye.